Welcome everyone to Couch Potato Diary as we continue on in one of the better times on the sports calendar. Thank you all so much for downloading and listening today. My name is Peter Klein. You can find me on social media, Twitter and Instagram. I'm at primetimeklein.twitch.tv twitch.tv slash primetimepk. And you can email the show couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com. Coming up on the program today, a massive night for a couple of franchises in the NBA. Uh, the NHL could be heading into a new era. The Calgary Flames are just looking to head into something positive. And the Toronto Blue Jays start a new era with a big night at the newly renovated Rogers Center. So, a lot to get to on the day uh, on the show today. Thank you all so much, again, for downloading and listening. Some of the music on Couch Potato Diary is provided by Wasted Talent. Find their producer on Instagram at Tommy Fresh Music. All right, let's start with the Toronto Blue Jays as they pick up a win in their home opener last night against the Detroit Tigers in what was really a fun night at the Rogers Center. I'm assuming it was. I wasn't there. I was in Calgary. But still, um, Toronto wins this one 9-3. They fall behind 3-0 early on. And well, we'll get into the game. First of all, I love the look of the new stadium. It feels so much more sleek and, quite frankly, looks a bit more modern now, doesn't it? Like, it... it it doesn't look like there is a, like, it doesn't look like it's a building from 1989. It does not look like a building that hosted the 1993 World Series. This, it, it feels updated. It feels newer. It, it feels a bit more exciting. It feels like a place I want to go to. I think they have absolutely, pardon the pun, hit a home run with these renovations at the Rogers Center. And... It just, it adds another level of excitement. It's still a touch dark in there, isn't it? Like, it's not Tampa Bay, but it, it, you, you still get a, a feeling that it's like the dead of night anytime you're watching a game with the roof closed. Um, so w w I wish it would have brightened up just a touch, but I, I love the new dimensions in the outfield. Uh, it seems like a lot of the fan experience stuff is great. So at least from what I can see, uh, it feels like A-plus efforts all around when it comes to the stadium. As far as the game is concerned, obviously the star of the night was Kevin Kiermeyer, and he is not expected to do a whole lot offensively for this team. Quite frankly, he's not needed to do a whole lot offensively for this team. Um, if he is relied upon offensively, then things have gone horribly wrong for the Blue Jays this year, and I, I would expect a high draft pick going into next draft. This is a player that is on this team to provide one of the things he did last night, which is phenomenal defense in the outfield. And so far, this game plan of improving outfield defense has worked beyond the best case scenario that the, the Blue Jays could have thought this season. Kevin Kiermaier has been back to being a plus defender in center field. Varsho is so smart and so talented out in left field and just built like a linebacker. Um, and, and George Springer is a high-level defensive outfielder in right field. It seems like right now anyway. And then you have re replacements like Whit, Mer Whit Mer sorry, Whit Merrifield, who's fine. Um, but the, that trio in that outfield is going to save so many runs for the Blue Jays. And you saw it on Tuesday night with, with Kiermaier robbing that home run as things were starting to spiral a little bit for Alec Manoa. So the, the Blue Jays game plan there paid off phenomenally. I... 
I do think that um, the, the offense, like it, it's going to slow down for him at some point, but it's going to pick up for others. It's like that's how the, the season works. And then you have guys who are consistently great the whole year. And that's why Vlad Guerrero Jr. is an MVP candidate. But for to be getting this kind of offense from Kevin Kiermeyer right now is such a boost. And again, that's not what you were expecting, but it does appear like he is back to, we'll say, pre-pandemic form. Um, I don't, I'm not going to say peak or anything like that, but it does feel like he's back to pre-pandemic form. And if he is, then that is such another weapon they have, maybe not necessarily offensively, although right now it is, but on the bases and providing that spark in the run game that this team, I, I think, is kind of looking for. I wish they would be a bit more aggressive about it, but it, it's been fun to watch when they are. So I, I think that this is... The, the additions they've made in the outfield so far have been paying off. And what, when you think about it, like th this is a Blue Jays team right now, um, albeit not the most difficult part of their schedule, as we discussed yesterday, that's still to come. But this is a Blue Jays team right now that's seven and four. And they have one guy who's pitching as well as you would like, right? Like Manoa, this is three starts for him and two of them have been a little wishy-washy. Um... So that's not great. Um, obviously, like Kikuchi, it hasn't been perfect. Barrios, it hasn't, hasn't been perfect. And Bassett's been a disaster. And Kevin Gossman looks phenomenal. So you have one of your five guys in the rotation who actually look like they are what you're expecting them to look like this year, and you're still seven and four. That's a pretty good boost to, to get you going. Now they're almost mathematically eliminated because the Tampa Bay Rays are never going to lose again. But that's, I mean, that doesn't matter right now. This is a... Just such a strong start for the Blue Jays and so much reason for optimism. Again, going into a very tricky part of the schedule that starts this weekend with the, the Rays and the Astros and then the, the New York Yankees. So hopefully the, the pitching from a Blue Jays standpoint starts to, to figure itself out. And hopefully some of that begins with Alec Manoa, who had his second shaky outing out of three. And I, I do think what they were talking about on the broadcast was right. It didn't feel like it was all moving the same way. For, for Manoa. It kind of felt like the lower body and the upper body were independent of each other. And when, when he's going right, it's all kind of just like one fluid motion. But it, it kind of, it almost looked like his body was stopping and he was kind of just throwing with his arm. That's not entirely what was happening. Like he wasn't just, it, it's a bit of an exaggeration of, of what's happening, but it, it kind of felt like that. Like there wasn't a fluid motion. It was kind of a... Uh, and then we're throwing. Um, and that's just not his throwing style. You you need the... Well, the human arm is not designed to throw 100 miles an hour, right? Like, it's just... It's not. It's something we've kind of figured out along the way. You need the body to be a part of it. That's why you would see... Um, it's an exaggerated case, but that's why you see Casey Jansen use that leg drive to push towards home plate, get the whole body in it. There are some guys who didn't need it. Um, AJ Burnett threw 95 without breaking a sweat. Um, and there are other guys I, I'm, I am sure who have done it, but you kind of need the whole body involved. It's not just your arm. That's how, you know, surgeries and shit happen. And Manoa last night, it, it wasn't a fluid motion. The good thing is, though, that's fixable. The thing that concerns me is that this is three kind of marquee starts in a row where it's been a bit of a speed wobble. You have the home opener here against the, the Detroit Tigers. You have the season opener against the, the St. Louis Cardinals. Very good offense, but not what Manoa was hoping for. And then you have the playoff game a season ago against the, the Seattle Mariners, where obviously it didn't go great. The thing that I am concerned with 
because the mechanics are fixable. The thing I'm concerned with is, I don't want to say he is crumbling under the pressure because I don't think that's it. I think he gets a bit too hyped. Um, like if, if you get hyped, you don't got to stay hyped, but he stays hyped and then gets hypeder, And that's that, that's a problem. And I, I think that is kind of coming into it a little bit. And now the answer isn't to send him down to the minors or anything like that. He is still one of the most talented pitchers in the American league, if not all of baseball. I do think you kind of have to sit him down and be like, dude, you're really good. You don't need to be at a thousand for pitch one. Like we, we, we got you. We got this. Just go out there and throw strikes. Um, and it was a bit too amped up. You saw the slider was kind of all over the place. It felt like he was pulling it, which is a sign of trying to overthrow it. So I think it'll be fine. I'm not worried about Alec Manoa. I, I'm not like starting to picture him in the bullpen or anything like that. But it's kind of noteworthy to me that, that it is three marquee starts in a row where he hasn't been the dominant guy that you would want him necessarily to be. But the, the Blue Jays look to, to get back, or not, I don't even want to say get back on track, they are still on track, uh, as they send Kevin Gosman out to the mound against uh, Rodriguez tonight, 5 o'clock first pitch down at the Rogers Center. Moving into the, the, the world of hockey, just a quick thing on the Flames. It'll be fun that Dustin Wolf gets his crack in the National Hockey League tonight. It's fun that Matt Coronado gets his shot in the, the National Hockey League tonight. It gives you something to watch for, but I'm just so happy this flame season is over. I'm so done having to pay attention to this team. I think they should blow up this offseason. That is the, the official stance of this podcast, is that it should just all go to hell, um, and you kind of need to, to start over with this team. So, I... I don't think that's how it's going to go, but that that is what I would do. So I, I would try to blow things up if I were the Flames. Just a note, if you want more Flames uh, end-of-season discussion, I am on Game Over Calgary tonight with Audie James. Where the, the, the dream team is together for one last time this season as uh, we put, uh, as we both now like to say, put a bow on the 2022-2023 season with the, uh, the Flames taking on the Sharks. We'll be on the SDPN YouTube channel right after the game is done. In the NHL last night, a gigantic ball drop by the Pittsburgh Penguins, um, costing themselves a playoff spot, sure, but also costing us in today's ticket, which is uh, reprehensible. Um, I think they're more upset about one than the other. This does feel like, I mean, we, we've been, we've kind of been here for a little bit, right? Like, Pittsburgh and Washington have been relevant on name alone for a bit, but now, now, it's like, it kind of feels like the, the Ovechkin-Crosby era is officially done, and... It's kind of crazy. Like, it's it's just, it's so weird that there is a very real possibility we're going to be watching the Stanley Cup playoffs without Crosby and without Ovechkin. And to be honest, like, I I don't know about the, the impacts on TV ratings. I don't think I'll miss them. You know, and, and like, I'll miss them. Like, this was a glory era of hockey. But you look at all of the talented players that we are going to be seeing in the, the Stanley Cup playoffs. And, like, from a hockey nerd standpoint, you can pick some guys out. But you look at, like, who is going to be in the playoffs this year. You, you look at all the talent that, that Colorado has. Um, Kaprizov with um, with Minnesota. Vegas, obviously. Jack Eichel gets his time to shine now in the spotlight. Edmonton, pretty clear they got a couple of dudes who are, are really, really fun. Winnipeg, he's not the most marketable, but you have Connor Hellebuck, who on any given night can be one of the best goalies in the world. You have, in Boston, just a juggernaut super team. That gold differential is 127, which is stupid good. Um, you have the Toronto Maple Leafs, who have Marner, Matthews, Tampa Bay, again, juggernaut, incredibly talented team with guys like Kucherov, Point, Stamkos, and all of them. Um, you have what Hughes has done with the New Jersey Devils. Like, there is so much star power in the league now. You don't, like, they have now taken the baton. 
from those two who saved the NHL at a time where they desperately needed it. And they have now taken it into 2023. So a real passing of the torch potentially with the Stanley Cup playoffs. Although it does feel like that torch was about ready to be passed anyway. So uh, I just, I thought it was really, really interesting that it was, it's going to be both of them missing. And now you look at what could be incredibly interesting off seasons coming up here now with with Washington and and with Pittsburgh. Like I I don't think this is getting better with just one or two moves. So what direction do either of these franchises go? I don't think they trade any of the big names, but what I just curious to see what direction either of these teams go now. Um moving into the uh, the, the NBA. This is kind of a quick hitter show. It feels like, speaking of windows closing, it feels like the window is closed in the Miami Heat now, right? Like, they're, the, the Heat culture thing is amazing, and they have guys who you like, but last night, it was too easy for Atlanta to do anything on offense. And when, look, there are a lot of problems, I think, with the Atlanta Hawks just as an organization, but when Atlanta is clicking, that team on offense is incredibly dangerous, and one that you really have to watch out for. Um, like you, you saw last night, Sadiq Bey was on fire from three. Trey Young was admittedly getting ab- abused defensively and that let Miami get back into the game in the second half. But you, you have like Trey Young on offense can do a whole lot. Bogdanovich can do a bunch. Um, Hunter is skilled. Murray can, can still do the damn thing. So you have a lot of pieces on offense for the Hawks that, that can get the job done, but it shouldn't have been that easy for them last night. And then the offensive rebounds were just killers for Miami late in that game. And that's just, none of these are things that you would think about when you think of Miami Heat basketball. And now you look at the three teams left in the play-in bracket in the Eastern Conference, and none of them are where they should be. Like, all of them are deserving of being in this spot, I'm not saying that, but when you look at the construction of the roster and kind of how they are built just in a grander scheme of things, I feel like these games, uh, especially like the win or go home ones, should be more like what we were seeing tonight at West, where you have um, a young Pelicans team that probably wouldn't be in this spot if their superstar was healthy, and boy, that's an interesting conversation, going up against an Oklahoma City Thunder team that have wildly overachieved and are now going to have to, um, are now going to to, to see what their young superstar can do here in the play-in. And so I, I think there's a lot of intrigue when it comes to the younger ones, but you look at like the Bulls were desperate to make the play-in because they don't have their first round pick this year. Um, I think there's a protection on it. Either way, um, you, you have the Raptors who are a bit more on the veteran side now and have kind of just stalled. And then you have the Miami Heat who are much more on the veteran side. And if it's not going to work, I don't know what they're going to do. So it's so interesting to me that two of Miami, Toronto, and Chicago are going to miss when all of them are in the more veteran stage of things. And like all of them probably should consider blowing things up. Um, Chicago, like it just hasn't worked. Injury problems with ball have absolutely devastated them. Toronto, the, the roster construction was fun and weird for a while. Getting Pearl certainly helped this team offensively, but or sorry, defensively, and I guess offensively as well as a a pick and roll person. Um, But like, it's just, it's not working. And it kind of feels like Toronto needs to start over and probably needed to at this year's trade deadline. But I am just like, it it just, it's so interesting to me that two of these, two of these teams who are built with the idea of being playoff teams are going to fade away 
and only one of them is going to make it to the playoffs where they're going to get smoked by the Milwaukee Bucks. But like, it, it's just, it feels like Miami's window is closed and same thing with Toronto and Chicago. And it's now just basically desperate attempts from teams that probably should have blown things up or should blow things up to stay relevant for four more games. And that's not really a spot I wanted the, the Raptors to be in anyway. So it, it'll, it'll be fun if nothing else as the play-in continues to be a great idea from the National Basketball Association. Let's jump right into today's ticket. Three games on the schedule this evening. Uh, Montreal taking on the Islanders, Dallas playing St. Louis, and San Jose on the road taking on the Flames of Calgary. I think Calgary's going to have enough of a boost with the young kids and playing at home. That minus a goal and a half against the Sharks is going to be an interesting play. And the Islanders, I think they still they still have a lot to play for, right? They can, they can wrap things up tonight with uh with a win yeah so they, they have a ton to play for so yeah we'll take the a minus one and a half against the montreal canadians as well chicago taking on the raptors in the nba i hate to go against my boys but i will go bulls plus the six against toronto uh and then oklahoma city taking on the new orleans pelicans i think it's just going to be a close game so i'll go okc plus the five and a half. And you know what? We'll sprinkle uh, what they, they call in the biz a half unit on Oklahoma City to win straight up. So once again, we have five going into the, the baseball this evening. Uh, I think the Blue Jays get the job done in a, a bigger time way, minus a run and a half against um, against Detroit. So I like that as well. So we'll, we'll just, we'll go with that one for this evening because it's getting a little big as we get into the baseball tonight. Um, all right, so six items on the ticket today. We have the Blue Jays minus a run and a half against the Tigers at Betway. We have Oklahoma City with half a unit just to uh, to win straight up um, as they take on the New Orleans Pelicans this evening. We have the Oklahoma City Thunder to cover five and a half from Cool Bet. We have the Raptors to uh, not be able to cover. We have the Bulls covering plus six at Cool Bet. We have the Islanders at Bet 365 minus a goal and a half against the Canadiens. And we have the Flames minus a goal and a half at Cool Bet. Um, as they take on the San Jose Sharks. We will click track on those. And that is that. Thank you all so much for downloading and listening today. Uh, once again, you can find me on social media, Twitter and Instagram. I'm at primetimecline, twitch.tv slash primetimepk. And you can email the show, couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com. Uh, coming up on the show tomorrow, uh, we will be, yeah, actually we don't have a show tomorrow, sorry. Coming up on the show on Friday, we are going to be looking at, um, all the playoff teams in the NBA and the NHL and doing a ranking of which teams need it the most. Plus we'll be getting into all of the UFC action and maybe some pro wrestling in there as well. So once again, thank you all so much for downloading and listening. Uh, my name is Peter Klein. You can find me on social media, Twitter and Instagram. I'm at primetime Klein and I will talk to you all on Friday. Have a good day, everyone.